Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Patreon mixtaper Philip Berkman, and you're listening to my weekly mixtape with Brian Colburn. And if Brian's wife is listening, Ross and Rachel were on a break. Yeah, I said it. What you gonna do about it, huh? Welcome to My Weekly Mixtape, a podcast that takes the classic mixtape approach to building a modern playlist. I'm your host, Brian Colburn. Joining me tonight as guest curator is Patreon mixtaper Philip Bergman. Philip, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. It's, I'm glad to be here. Glad to have you. And I'd like to start by asking you the same question I ask all of my first-time guests, and that is, what does the word mixtape mean to you? Oh, Brian, I have the worst answer for you because for me, mixtapes were just about grabbing songs off the radio for my own sake, for posterity, for me to learn those songs and to cherish them and treasure them. I didn't do the whole curation thing. It was just grabbing songs as who knows when you're going to hear them again. I grew up listening to oldies radio during my teenage years. And so my mixtapes would go from Napoleon the 14th to Gary <laughs> Puckett in the Union Gap. Nice. To Buddy Holly, to the Drifters, to the OJs, to the Beach Boys. It would be all over the place. So when it comes to the finesse of curation, I mean, I was basically just a squirrel on bath salts as far as that goes. <laughs> well, we're going to be putting that squirrel on bath salts approach to the test tonight because we are curating our first topic that actually has to do with our first comedic subject matter on the show, and that is the legendary Weird Al Yankovic. Now, Al has 14 studio albums, singles, compilations, and a box set. So there's a huge swath of songs to go through here. Did you have a hard time coming up with your bank of tracks for tonight? I did, and I didn't. Because I kind of came into this with a very specific approach. I came into this looking for songs. As you know, Brian, one of my hobbies is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And as you mm -hmm. also know, Weird Al is not an inductee. So I wanted to come into this to create a mixtape that I could theoretically put into the hands of someone on the nominating committee like Tom Morello or Alan Leiter, Karen Glauber or Steven Van Zandt just say, here, here is why you need to nominate Weird Al Yankovic for the hall. So that was kind of my approach to this. So I'm curious to see how this goes. Well, I think it's criminal first that he's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Got to put that out there in the universe. I am team Weird Al at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I am team Weird Al should be the Super Bowl halftime show performer. I am team yes. Weird Al needs an Oscar for the weird movie. I mean, look, I'm, I am all team Al here. So let's get down to business tonight. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Philip and I will be curating the ultimate Weird Al Yankovic mixtape, and we're going to use the old cassette deck approach. Philip, as my special guest, will begin side A with his first song choice, and then I'll add a song that I feel best follows up that choice. We'll then flip-flop choosing songs until we've mapped out 10 songs for side A. We'll then give our mixtape a proverbial flip, and we'll map out side B, only this time I'll kick things off with Philip choosing second. Our overall goal for this episode is to craft the best Weird Al Yankovic mixtape possible 
through only 20 songs. And at the end of the show, you can take our conversation to the next level by visiting the episode page at myweeklymixtape.com to give our final mixtape a listen via the embedded playlist. And if you like what you're hearing on the show, you can help me out by either telling a friend, leaving the show a five-star review wherever you're tuning in, or becoming a Patreon mixtaper at patreon.com forward slash myweeklymixtape. And we have a few Patreon mixtapers that chimed in with their opening tracks. I want to throw those out there. Ben from the Too Vague podcast chimed in saying the Devo style parody, Dare to be Stupid. But I think you saw that one coming. Yeah, Ben has been on the show. We talked about number one hits of the 80s and New Wave, and that is definitely in his wheelhouse. No shock there. Cactus Pete chimed in with the white stuff, the parody of New Kids on the Blocks, the right stuff. And Seeker chimed in with Eat It, as it was probably the first song of his to break through in Australia, which is interesting because for the general public in the United States, Eat It was probably the song to break him here as well. So some great food for thought there. And with that, Philip, I am going to press the record button on our mixtape and pass the mic over to you. Why don't you dive into the song you chose to kick off Side A? Well, I actually want to explain this pick a little first, because as I said, this for me, this is about Weird Al getting in the Rock Hall. And one of the few valid criticisms of his candidacy is that his music really isn't timeless because it's always about capturing pop culture in the moment. But what those people fail to recognize is that the songs themselves may not be timeless, but he himself is because he is constantly evolving with the zeitgeist. And sometimes he finds that song that will last and is based on a moment of pop culture that will last. So that is why I have decided to kick things off with the Hamilton polka. Ooh. So you think about what a cultural phenomenon the Broadway musical Hamilton was, is really. I mean, we are talking about a phenomenon so powerful It literally took a global pandemic to stop its march to conquer the world of Broadway, basically. This is not just a flash-in-the-pan occurrence, and the medley that Weird Al put together out of this soundtrack, I think it should be offered as a bonus track to anybody who purchases the Hamilton soundtrack at this point. It is just a phenomenal job, great medley, great transitions, It basically stands the test along with the entire soundtrack as far as I'm concerned. So I'm starting things off with the Hamilton polka. Well, first off, bravo on starting with a polka because I put out the word on social media just to kind of see where people's pulse was on what they enjoyed most about Weird Al. And song parodies were the number one, but make no mistake about it. Polkas, style parodies, and original songs all got a lot of votes. So I'm glad to see polka is represented right from the jump. Hamilton is a game-changing musical. It has redefined musicals for the modern era. And for Weird Al to be able to tap into that and capture the essence of what Hamilton is about and still put his unique spin on it through the polka, but still be able to verbally enunciate the words the way it was done in the original, that is something that takes an extreme amount of talent. And I think right there makes a great case for what you're saying about the whole Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing, because not anybody can just sit there and spit the words out to this song. And he does it so effortlessly, even with changing the style. So I absolutely applaud the pick there. And with that, I have to follow up a polka, which is interesting. I mean, look, it is all what Weird Al is, so I absolutely love it. But I think I know what I'm going to, because basically I have a clean slate here. I would just not follow it up with a second polka. It would probably be the only way that I think we'd be kind of steering the ship in the wrong direction, although I have made in the past mixtapes of just every polka he's ever released, thrown it onto a CD and brought it onto a road trip. And it was just a blast to put that on for an hour. But today I'm going to switch that up and going to go with one of his style parodies. And I want to give a shout out to fellow Patreon mixtaper, Ben from the Too Vague podcast, because I am in lockstep with him. 
as Dare to Be Stupid was the first Weird Al vinyl record that I bought with my own money. And when you style parody a band like Devo to the point where Devo basically hates you for the fact that you made a Devo song better than Devo, you got to go with Dare to be Stupid. It is actually a song he has used in the number two spot, seeing him live before. This song just has that second track energy. Obviously, it's the second track on the album, so I'm kind of used to it in that slot regardless. But this song, to me, truly shows how Weird Al can take himself and throw himself into a sound and a character so effortlessly. And the fact that, look, Devo kind of wasn't thrilled with it. There's a clip out on YouTube that shows his reaction to the parody years later. And I I guess you could just kind of take that for what you want. But lyrically, I feel like some of the absurdness of the song, as absurd as Weird Al gets, it still fits in the D.O. camp. You burn a candle at both ends, look a gift horse in the mouth, mashed potatoes can be your friend, which is paid off in the UHF movie when he's building the mountain of mashed potatoes. Anyway, Dare to be Stupid following up the Hamilton polka. Dare to be Stupid is a great choice that was in my bank of songs. That is one of those, as you were saying, the meticulous analysis of an artist's sound to almost perfectly replicate it is just phenomenal. I have another song that I definitely want to bring to the table that's kind of in that same vein, but speaks more to me and my personal experience. But going off of that, what do I want to follow that with? I mean, we have to include some song parodies because those are the songs that got promoted. Those are what made him a household name. So I am going to follow. I'm going to stay in the same album of Dare to be Stupid. And I'm going to follow that up with Like a Surgeon. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I think this speaks to his whole candidacy too because one of the things that really does matter is peer respect and the fact that madonna basically steered him towards this song says a lot about the respect she has for weird al and there have been others like even just giving him permission to parody their songs speaks to the level of respect they have, the fact that he's kind of considered a badge of honor, how you know you've made it in the business. During the recording of his last album, Mandatory Fun, I forget which member it was, but one of the members of Crosby, Stills, and Nash ran across Riddell and said, hey, when are you going to do a parody of us? And he had just finished laying down mission statement. So, And he played it for them to show. Like, this is how much respect the man has. So I think like a surgeon really speaks to that aspect, the respect that people have for him. So you got to include that if you're going to make a case for him. So following that up, same album, but it has to be on there like a surgeon. Absolutely love the pick. And obviously the relationship with Madonna, which was explored in the weird movie truly shows you the length that Madonna is willing to go for weird Al. So. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Weird Al is, this was the first song on the first album that I purchased of his with my own money. So there's not a single song on Dare to be Stupid that you can mention where I would not be 100% on board with. So I absolutely love this pick. And I'm going to follow it up, I think, now. Hmm. I'm debating between two. And I'm trying to figure out which way we want to go here. So we've put in a polka, a style parody, a song parody. So now I feel like the only logical thing to do is put one of his originals in here. Because again, we're trying to make a case for him. So in order to do that, let's go with an original. And I am going to head over to Off the Deep End. And I'm going to go with the gorgeous acoustic ballad, you don't love me anymore. Whereas <laughs> the video goes with a style parody because it parodies extremes more than words. The song is just a Weird Al original. And it's so absurd and so ridiculous and so everything I love about Weird Al. Oh, why did you disconnect the brakes on my car? That kind of thing is hard to ignore. Got a funny feeling you don't love me anymore. I mean, I could 
pick like 30 different lines in that song that make me crack up. But now we have one of each of the four song styles that Weird Al represents in his music. And if you have the CD like I did and you stick around, you get a nice little bonus a few minutes after the song ends. So little hidden bonus CD track that parodies the bonus track on Nirvana's Nevermind. But following you up, You Don't Love Me Anymore from Off the Deep End. It's a great song. I absolutely love that song as a closer. Just as a closer, too, the placement of that song is just perfectly placed. You listen to his albums, and it jumps from one song, one style, to another in almost squirrel-on-bath-salts fashion. So putting that this soon in the mixtape is both brilliant and hilarious. So I absolutely, (laughs) yes, gotta have it. So how do I find, oh, looking around here, you know, I think I'm going to, I'm going to go with another style parody at this point, I think. I'm going all the way up to Alpocalypse. Now, this song, I have to admit, isn't so much funny as it is just awesome because it's true. People complain that his songs don't age well because they're not about timeless themes. Well, I think Skipper Dan is a song that does have a timeless theme to it. It's just one people don't want to talk about. It's about what happens when dreams don't come true. I think it was Langston Hughes who said, what happens to a dream deferred? The answer is, you work the Jungle Cruise ride and (laughs) you're living that way. That's what happens to a dream deferred. I mean, this song speaks to me personally because in my line of work, my profession, it's just a matter of fact that this was not the plan A career for 98% of us, but we're making a living out of it. We're working day to day. And I think that also envelops some of the working class ethos that, certain rock stars like Mellencamp and Seeger and even the Four Seasons have to a degree. And I just love the song. It speaks so much to me. It hurts, but it also heals at the same time in a way. So from Alpocalypse, I'm going with Skipper Dan. Alpocalypse is a very underrated Weird Al album. I had that and a couple other songs on there from my list so i'm gonna not say anything more about the album just yet because i have no idea where this playlist is gonna go but skipper dan i love the fact that for that album there were some music videos that accompanied it and one of them being a cartoon for this song he did it on the alpocalypse tour which i got to see from the want to say my wife and i were third or fourth row in rutland vermont which was just unbelievable it's a funny (laughs) song but it's also Like you said, it's real. It's real. Yeah, it's funny in nature, but it's something that people can actually relate to. And he delivers it in true Weird Al form. Now, coming out of that, because we've touched on a lot of styles. And while you touched on a little bit of hip hop in part through the Hamilton polka, we haven't really touched on his ability to song parody some fantastic hip-hop where we've kind of stuck in the rock side of things through a lot of the songs so i'm going to go with a song parody and i'm going to go with one that i think is truly iconic and for weird al it was a very important and critical one for him as there was some pushback after the song was approved by the label for him to parody the artist didn't necessarily do that and there was some issues there so i'm going to go off a bad hair day And I'm going to go with his remake of Coolio's Gangster's Paradise and the hysterically funny Amish Paradise. Again, his way of delivering humor through lyrics. I'm the pious guy the little omelets want to be like on my knees day and night scoring points for the afterlife. So don't be vain and don't be whiny or else my brother, I might have to get medieval on your hiney. I mean, come on. Unbelievably funny. And the end of that music video where Weird Al is rapping and everything is happening in reverse. Fun fact, that was shot on film and he learned the song in reverse. So everything as it was being recorded was recording in real time. The horse and buggy was moving forward. Everybody was going forward. 
And Weird Al was actually rapping, going, nip, nap, nip, nip, as he walked away towards the screen. And then when you roll the tape back, it creates this hysterically funny Weird Al music video moment. And I think an iconic one, honestly. But the song, again, rooted in a little bit of controversy, which shows that not everything was a smooth ride for Weird Al, but he always had the best intentions. And this showed that even though he's bringing humor to hip hop songs, that he could do so in a way that's respectful to the original music and still funny. So Amish Paradise. Yes, that is one I figured had to make the cut. And there's, there's no way around it. I've only seen him once in concert. He was with the Strings Attached Tour. And I believe that was what he finished his encore with. So, yeah, it is a great song. It's just, it's not going to go anywhere. And I'm so glad it won't. Yeah, what else can you say about that song? It's just so legendary, so amazing. Oh, which makes it so much harder to follow it up. But, oh, let's see here. Where do I want to go? You know, there's one that's kind of staring at me. Like I said, this is going to be so many left turns. You're going to want to put in a jug handle for me there, Brian. (laughs) I think I'm going to go with a huge stylistic change, and I'm going to Poodle Hat. I'm going with Party at the Leper Colony. Whoa. I know, but here's the thing. He doesn't do blue humor, and I love him for that. I mean, even as late as Jackson Park Express, the most risque line he had was the bit about, I like your boobs. That's like the most risque thing he has really ever said in a lyric that might get somebody clutching their pearls. But Party at the Leper Colony, it's a bit of low-hanging fruit humor, but I love the jokes about how many idioms in our dialogue, our verbiage, are based on body parts. And that's a lot of what the song is lyrically, and it just kind of captures that prom night vibe in a way. Just a dance party scene. I just It's a hilarious song, so going with Party at the Leper Colony from Poodle Hat. I love the way you refer to it as a low-hanging fruit, because it, it is, but it, sometimes who cares? Because at the end of the day, it is funny, regardless, and... Poodle Hat is one of those, to me, underrated albums because it has what I feel is one of his best polkas, Angry White Boy Polka, because it was kind of absurd hearing songs like Last Resort and Chop Suey and Down With The Sickness done in polka form. And that album, to me, is fantastic. Again, he gets to parody Eminem twice on the album via Couch Potato as well as Angry White Boy Polka. A complicated song has me rolling. And The style parody of Bo Diddley. I mean, when you hear the beat to this song, it kind of makes you want to get up and dance. And that's exactly where Al went with it, only at a leper colony. So bravo on his sense of humor. And coming out of that, I'm going to keep the energy up. We're going to keep this party going, but I'm going to go to another style parody. Slightly different in nature, but it's a Weird Al album, so who cares? And sometimes you make me want to build a model of the Eiffel Tower out of Belgium waffles. I am going off of even worse. And you make me the style parody of Oingo Boingo. I've heard him do this song live. It's brilliant live. It has this manic punk energy that would make Oingo Boingo proud. And having grown up with music like that, hearing Al do it, you can listen to this song on an 80s mix. Even though the lyrics are silly, musically, it fits right in seamlessly with anything from Oingo Boingo. And it's just so fun and so upbeat. And coming out of Party at the Leper Colony, I feel like we're just kind of keeping this extremely fun vibe going. So I'm following up with You Make Me from Even Worse. (laughs) Oh, yes. Love the choice. I have to admit, I'm not as familiar with Oingo Boingo's style, so I thought he was doing another Devo parody because that does kind of capture the vibe a little bit. Um, and I looked at it like, oh, you go by, go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's totally uh, tracks. So going off of that, you know, I'm actually going to take it all the way up to mandatory fun now. I'm going to go with this direct song parody. One of the things Weird Al had started to do a little bit with some of his later albums, he found a way to do some social commentary, lighthearted, but 
nevertheless, it does hold a mirror up to our society a little bit. So it's not blowing in the wind necessarily. In fact, some people just find it tacky. I got to go with tacky from Mandatory Fun. He's just talking about the trappings of our modern life and the things that we do. A great direct song parody of Pharrell Williams. And I got to go with it. Tacky from Mandatory Fun. Bravo. One of the funniest parodies, but that album again, which is most likely his last full-length studio album, at least for now, because that album is very close to turning a decade old right now. So it looks like the full-length Weird Al albums, unfortunately, are a thing of the past. But this song, to me, is so perfect. And I want to take a moment, because we haven't talked about it yet. Weird Al's band. Oh, my God. Just from the last three songs alone, not talking about all the others. Let's go last four here. Amish Paradise, The Hip Hop of Coolio, Party at the Leper Colony, Bo Diddley, You Make Me, Oingo Boingo, Tacky, Pharrell Williams. The songs are played with such perfection that if Pharrell got Weird Al's band to play on the original, nobody would know. That is how talented this band is. And I think that is such a huge part of Weird Al's success, because if it was just Weird Al and the accordion doing these songs, they might seem a little monotonous. But the fact that he can immerse himself in the original so much, Al can actually take his voice and change it to fit the style that the original does. And there's such an admiration and a care for the original that you have to respect it, because to me... Happy is going to be one of those songs that for the next 40 years you hear at every wedding you attend. So to be able to take that song and make it funny, but still danceable and listenable is such a credit to the talent of this band of his. No argument there. And that was actually going to come up in a track I'm still planning on bringing up no matter how out of place it seems. It's a song that I have to include, but uh, obviously we'll get to that. In a bit, because uh, you got to follow that up, man. Good luck. Yeah, closing out the side. So I get to close one side out tonight. And I have to go with my favorite all-time Weird Al road tripping song. It was with my buddies since the album dropped. And it is to this day with my kids. There is nothing more I enjoy than the nearly 12-minute epic madness off of 1999's Running With Scissors, the closing track, Albuquerque. Now, if you know this song, you know all there is to know about this masterpiece. And if you haven't heard it, I don't want to say too much because to me, there's no better feeling of finding out that somebody hasn't heard this song and letting them experience it in all its glory. So this is the one time I don't want to offer commentary on the track. I want people who don't know this song to listen to its comedic genius for 12 straight minutes. Because if there is a song that follows up the amazing start of the Hamilton polka, to me it's Albuquerque, my favorite Al original song and quite possibly my favorite Weird Al song of all time. Oh, you scooped me. That was going to be my absolute closer because this song captures so much of Weird Al's essence. You've got the amazing ability to weave a great story. You've got the food humor with the donut shop. The uh, slight nod to the TV humor with the Spectre vision. You've got the buildup of hyperbole with all the stuff he's bringing out of the airplane. Just the absolute unbelievability of it. Just subtle touches here and there it encapsulates just about everything that is the man's style so i originally had that to close out the tape altogether but closing out aside it makes perfect sense too yes albuquerque had to be on the list that was one of my absolute must-haves yeah, when you listen to like the Weird Al, Wendy Carlos retelling of Peter and the Wolf that came out in the 1980s, you take that kind of madness that's happening, how odd and absurd the content is, and you apply that to a Weird Al track. 
It's the longest track in his discography. And it's the one where the first time I played it for my kids, they said, can we hear that again? And I'm like, it, it put a tear in my eye because how great is that? Like, of course we can listen to it again because a, it's shaving off 11 minutes of the car ride every time they want to hear it. And yeah, it's absolutely hysterical. That concludes side A of our ultimate Weird Al mixtape, which kicked off with the Hamilton Polka single, Dare to be Stupid from the album of the same name, Like a Surgeon from Dare to be Stupid, You Don't Love Me Anymore from Off the Deep End, Skipper Dan from Apocalypse, Amish Paradise from Bad Hair Day, Party at the Leper Colony from Poodle Hat, You Make Me from Even Worse, Tacky from Mandatory Fun, and Albuquerque from Running With Scissors. Head over to MyWeeklyMixtape.com to hear all the songs we've discussed in this mix through the playlist embedded on the episode page. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Now, Philip, before we flip things over to side B... You said you wanted this mixtape to make a case for Weird Al to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Do you feel like we're hitting that nail on the head so far? I think we are. Between Dare to be Stupid showing his meticulous nature, the peer respect we've got, we've got everything encapsulated in Albuquerque, the humor, the social commentary, lighthearted as it's been. I mean, it's just everything that... The Hall seems to look for, for the most part, we, there's a couple aspects maybe we haven't quite touched on, but hopefully we'll be able to. We've still got 10 more songs to go, and I am looking forward to exploring this even further. I also love how we have touched how many of his albums already? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We've already hit eight of his 14 albums, plus one non-album single. So we are really showing his whole catalog as making a good argument quality from beginning to end of why he belongs in the rock and roll hall of fame so i'm very pleased where where this is heading me as well and let's take that eight albums and stretch it to nine because i'm gonna kick off side b with something from 1984's in 3d now seeker had said that eat it is the song that broke him in 
Australia. It is one of the songs that truly broke him out in the U.S. And I am... Hmm. I am thinking that with Albuquerque off the table, you might close the whole mixtape with Eat It because of the big nature of that. So I don't want to scoop you on that one. And instead, I'm going to go to track two, which is an extremely underrated original from Weird Al. And it was one of my favorites to play my, showing my age here, Atari 2600 and 7800 to when I was growing up from my original cassette tape. I'm going to go with Midnight Star. When you talk about social commentary, when this song came out, the lyrics were meant to be absurd, but somehow in this idiocracy world that we live in right now, some of these lyrics, as absurd as they sound, I would not be shocked if they popped up on my real news feeds now. Like, eat jelly donuts and lose 20 pounds a day, hear the story about a man born without a head. And top psychics all agree that the telephone company will have a brand new service that lets you talk to the dead. I mean, I watch a show called Upload on Amazon TV, and that is actually one of the plot points of the show. And almost 20 years ago, Weird Al had it in one of his songs. To me, this shows that Weird Al is a great songwriter because I am sorry if I'm, again, listening to this song. I am singing along to the read it, you could read it, you could read it, you could like, it's so much fun. And it's a little bit of a, at a left field pick to start a side off. Cause I kind of want to keep making this case for why he should be in the rock and roll hall of fame right now. And I feel like some of his originals that are often overlooked, except for when he does the ridiculously indulgent tours these songs need a spotlight outside of those tours. And Midnight Star is my example of a great one. I'll admit that one was actually not on my list of 75 songs. Wow. I know, but everything you said is absolutely true. You almost call it prophetic in, in a way it just speaks to the absurdity of headlines yet to come. But I like what you said about his songwriting, too. And I got to tell you, I am really stoked of all the tracks that I get to pick. The second song on side B is the most exciting for me because when we did playlist wars, like for me, the second song on the second side is the linchpin. It's the secret weapon, whether it's the best song or it's maybe the really good one that nobody saw coming like I did that with the Motown episode with the Jimmy Ruffin song. So I really want to follow that up with a song that maybe people just were not thinking of, but they'll be extremely pleased to hear it when it comes on. And I am going with a song that I think is just perfect. Well, not really, but it's good enough for now from Polka Party. Nice. I love this song. This is, first of all, I just want to say Weird Al is primarily comedy, and this song is hilarious. I played this for a married friend of mine, and she was just about doubled over with laughter. She says, I gotta play this for my husband. And she says, he loves this song too. Just the subtlety of his word choices in this song, I'm relatively lucky. I guess I couldn't ask for too much more. Not only that, first of all, country, the old time country style, the Rock Hall loves to somewhat. And they've shown country music a lot more love in the past couple classes. But this has that old time Hank Williams, Bob Wills feel of country music to it. And what makes this so brilliant as well, because country music tends to be self-parodying long enough. Like, there's actually a country song about when you play a country music song backwards, you get everything back that you lost. Like, country music actually takes its own shots at itself. So this song, in all its glorious humor, could pass for a straight-laced country song. Like, this song could have been a John Prine Casey Musgraves duet and no one would have been any the wiser. <laughs> like you could just have Casey sing 
instead of the woman I've always longed for, just have the one man instead of woman, change that one bit for her, and they could have sung it together as a duet. Sometimes a joke is so funny you don't realize it's a joke. I was reading YouTube comments for this song, and somebody wrote, My parents two-stepped to this song at my sister's reception and had no idea it was Weird Al. <laughs> this song is brilliant, it's hilarious, and it really does sound great, going back to what you said about his band. So, I have to include from Polka Party, good enough for now. Well, I swear I'm never going to leave you, darling, at least till something better comes (laughs) (laughs) I applaud the pick. And to me, that actually gives me such a perfect thing to launch into. And I'm actually going to stick with, because you did the style parody of the country ballad. I want to take that style parody and lean into it lyrically just a little bit more and kind of take it to where maybe in Good Enough for Now... He's kind of okay with things, but I want to take it back an album, back to Dare to be Stupid, where things aren't going so well, and do the amazing style parody of Elvis and Doo-Wop with one more minute. I'd rather have my blood sucked out by leeches, shove an ice pick under a toenail or two. I'd rather clean all the bathrooms in Grand Central Station with my tongue. Then spend one more minute with you. This was the first song that truly made me burst out crying laughing at a Weird Al song as a kid. I thought this was the funniest thing I had ever heard. The first time I saw him live, he played it. And it just has always been one of my favorite Weird Al songs because it's everything I love about his sense of humor. Diving into a swimming pool filled with double-edged razor blades. I mean, yeah, sure, don't, I I wouldn't recommend doing it, but it's hysterical to think of in the context of this song. So coming out of Good Enough For Now, one more minute from Dare To Be Stupid. And not only does he capture the Elvis and the Jordanaires kind of crooning ballad style, but it also, again, showcases his gift for hyperbole and how it just keeps getting more and more outlandish. I love that song. That was on my list as well. And, oh, there are two songs I really want to follow it up with, and they're both from albums we've already tapped. But, you know, I'm going to stick with this lyrical theme, and I'm going to go back to Bad Hair Day, and I'm going to go with I'm So Sick of You. (laughs) First of all, Elvis Costello and the Attractions, Hall of Fame inductee. So you got that box checked. Second of all, let's talk about music and how it hits people personally. Lately, at every induction ceremony, somebody has gotten up to say, so-and-so is in my personal Hall of Fame. And that phrase kind of makes me cringe a little bit, I have to admit. But what I do respect about it is the idea of how music affects everybody personally, even if it's in different ways. And I'm So Sick of You is a song that affected me personally. Not to get into too much detail, but after a breakup that I was trying to be, you know, nice on the outside, everything kind of cool, not really dealing with my emotions in a healthy and mature way. And then I heard this song for the first time. I was like, oh, I have permission to have all these feelings and to deal with them in a better way than this so sometimes the song you need is gonna find you and you're not even gonna be looking for it at a time you're not looking for anything and it's just because this is such a personal one it's a bit of a off the wall one but i have to go with it i'm so sick of you from bad hair day and when you softly call my name it's like i'm listening to a squeaky chalk sound (laughs) i just want to say as a disclaimer like, nothing he says in the song is true about my ex. It's just about the feelings <laughs> you <Smart> have <laughs> that when you go through a bad breakup. And for me, it was just about allowing myself to deal with them in a better way. So thank you, Weird Al, for that. What a great follow-up. I mean, honestly, we're really taking... I mean, if I had not put You Don't Love Me Any More on side A, oh my God, it would fit really well right here. But I know we haven't touched on any song parodies yet, but I know the perfect way to kind of end this 
good enough for now. One more minute. I'm so sick of you. I got one more song that lyrically I think is just perfect to come out of. I'm so sick of you. And I'm going to take that outward loathing and turn it inward because I'm just a no good scum sucking nose picking boot licking sniveling groveling worthless hunk of slime nothing but a low down beer belly boneheaded pigeon toed turkey neck weasel faced worthless hunk of slime his incredible blues parody generic blues from UHF the original motion picture soundtrack and other stuff 1989 we haven't touched on that album yet and i feel like we'd be doing this whole episode of disservice to not touch on a that brilliant movie and b i really wish this song was in the movie i should throw out there but the entire album's hysterical from start to finish between the skits from the movie and the other music he put out another polka alert the hot rocks poke on this album hysterical yeah generic blues from uhf my siblings hated me because I was an only child. I mean, that is probably <laughs> my favorite. That's one of my favorite lines of the song. Also, just with the solo, make it talk. Okay, now make it shut up. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> Again, the band is so talented by doing something like that. They're taking their talents and putting it to comedic effect. Because you know there's some blues bands that kind of meander on a couple of notes over and over again and this is weird al sure. honing into that and making it a punchline part of the song so brilliant yes okay following up generic blues and again that kind of definitely closes that arc beautifully because it starts with a country song and ends with blues blues and country the two biggest parent genres of rock and roll along with gospel and along with jazz and folk sure so basically when we're talking about expanding the definition of rock and roll so that we don't just think of post-British invasion guitar bands, the idea of making other instruments rock. And I think Weird Al really makes the accordion rock best as a lead instrument. Some may disagree, and that's fine, because there are a few good examples here, but... I'm going to go all the way back to the self-titled album, and I'm going to go with I'll Be Mellow When I'm Dead. Yes! <laughs> yes, 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 yes! Thank you! <laughs> I don't want to stick to the narrow connotation of rock and roll, but for those who do, who are married, wed to that mindset of what rock and roll is, he rocks the accordion on that track. He just makes it baller. Even without the lyrics which are rock and roll themselves. I'll be mellow when I'm dead. That's also a country theme too, but it speaks to how rock and roll can go anywhere. I mean, you got corn, including bagpipes. Mellencamp has a violinist. There's no instrument you cannot incorporate into rock and roll. The accordion is incorporated into some dance songs, or at least an electronophonic uh, synthesis of the accordion sound. So it's definitely part of the rock and roll conversation. And I think I'll be mellow when I'm dead is just the primo example of how to make it rock. So yes, I'll be mellow when I'm dead. Thank you for picking that because I was actually debating starting off side B with that. And then I pivoted to go to get something off of in 3d that was easily in my bucket list. And that was like my 11th song that I just couldn't figure out where to plug it in. So thank you. Cause you made my life much easier now because I absolutely love that song lyrically. Yes. It's, it's a comedy song, but I mean, now it's time to go for all the gusto you can grab. You have plenty of time to be low key when you're laid out on the slab. This is a punk rock song with accordion in it. And Damn it, it works so perfectly. I love this track. I love the punky nature of his self-titled album from 83 because it's got that really independent spirit to it. And it just feels very young and very energetic. And this song, I think, truly encapsulates that vibe the most from the entire album. But coming out of it, we're now up to track seven on side B. And we have no song parodies. So now we got we to gotta balance it out a little bit. We're going heavy into the style and heavy into the originals. So we got to bring in some heavy hitting song parodies. And to me, 
I can't think of a song that bridges the gap between myself and my kids with a song parody than 2006's White and Nerdy. Yes. Riding by Chameleon Air featuring Crazy Bone from 2006's Straight Outta Linwood. I mean, come on. This song is one of Weird Al's most brilliant songs. And again, showing off the band's talents musically, they nail the music and Weird Al nails the delivery. Because if he could not spit the lyrics out properly, you lose the flow of the song. You lose the impact that the song has. And the fact that the lyrics are just so spot on between, yo, I got myself a fanny pack. They were having a sale down at the Gap. Spend my nights with a roll of bubble wrap. Pop, pop, hope no one sees me. Get freaky. I mean, this song is so hysterical. So much fun. He comes out on stage on the Segway with it. It bridges the gap and shows that Weird Al's abilities are timeless. Because if you told me in 1984 that in 2006, the kids that listen to music then would be just as impressed by Weird Al as we were in 1984, I don't know if I'd believe you. But he has found a way to reinvent himself time and time and time again. And White and Nerdy belongs in the conversation of Weird Al's best song parodies ever. Absolutely, it does. And thank you for taking that one off my shoulders as well. That was one that's like, I got to find a way to work that song in because for a lot of the reasons you just said. But here's some more, especially about making a case for him in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. First of all, nerd culture has been on the rise. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is trying to attract younger people mm -hmm. to spend money on it at the museum and get them more interested in the rock and roll conversation. And the way Weird Al has he's always been about nerd culture, but this is probably the anthem of it. Although, I mean, obviously you can be other races and nerdy as well. Mm -hmm. It's just Weird Al happens to be white. That's what it is. But the thing about nerd culture and the way Gen Z and even the younger millennials really embraced it as a means of saying, Whatever you're into, that's awesome. And that's kind of what the rock and roll spirit is about, is just embracing what you love. And obviously, within certain parameters, you know, don't harm anybody, keep your mind on and focus on what's important in life. Don't forget those things. But it's about living your best life, having that attitude. And the way Weird Al just embraces it with the lyrics and also showing off his amazing talent, his rapping talent is on full display there and also in the video the video the best part for me is just donny osmond dancing oh my god know, yeah i don't know what made him think to ask donny osmond but it just works and the way donny just does the dancing so shamelessly and gracefully at the same time it just it is so hilarious that song oh my goodness you just in my day with that one. Thank you very much. And as great as the original video is, there is a second music video for this song that features nothing but Donny Osmond outtakes. And it is so friggin' hysterically brilliant. I'm going to embed it over on the episode page at myweeklymixtape.com so you could go and watch this because it will literally make you laugh to tears. It is as funny as the original video, just for three straight minutes of Donny Osmond just dancing like a jackass behind Weird Al. Unbelievably funny. It is. Okay. Oh, so I have two songs left, correct? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is going to be tough because Alapalooza is the one album we haven't gotten to yet, and I've, I've been keeping a tally. At the same time, I have two songs I want to go with, and neither of them are from Alapalooza. Oh, where do I go? Um, all right. Well, this this is one I absolutely said had to be on there. I was kind of hoping to go earlier, but coming out of White and Nerdy, and this is going to get back to Weird Al's band behind him, too. I am going back to Off the Deep End, and I am going with Trigger Happy, if you Whoa, can believe that. Okay. Okay. So here's why. Here's why. So... Growing up, I'm a couple years younger than you, Brian, mm -hmm. but listening to the oldie station with my mom running errands with her about town and also the resurgence of popularity that Kokomo gave the Beach Boys, 
I was already pretty familiar with the Beach Boys pre-Pet Sounds songs by the time Off the Deep End came out. Little Deuce Coop, Surfing USA, Dance, Dance, Dance. I, you know, I, I get around. I knew those songs. So this song, I immediately got that it was kind of... At first, I was thinking, like, what? Is he parodying a, a Beach Boys deeper song? But I didn't quite understand what style parody was at the time. But the more I listened to the song and being as familiar as I am with the Beach Boys, I just appreciate the meticulous detail of Al and the incredible talent of his band. The more I listen to this song, you've got the guitar licks, you've got the drum fills, you have the way the kick bass is just soloing over or under Weird Al's vocals. Even the degree to which Weird Al even tries to sound like Mike Love, who sings lead on most of those Beach Boys songs that are kind of the endless summer, eternally young tracks. Everything about this is just so crafted to mimic the style. And this song really speaks about it the most. You just want to talk about incredible talent. It absolutely needs to be there. First of all, the Beach Boys, for the longest time, were considered America's band. So the way he just captures it in such absolute detail that I can just appreciate more and more. And he can kind of talk about gun humor without offending the NRI people or the anti-gun people. It's being funny without being offensive. And it's such a hard line to walk. Like I said, you know, sometimes he goes for low-hanging fruit, but he doesn't go blue, which is sometimes even easier than going with the low-hanging fruit. And I really respect him for that. I just think it's a hilarious song to boot. I gotta have Trigger Happy. I will say this, the point that I want to touch on this song is what you had said towards the end. He took a very hot topic back in the 90s, especially now. Especially now. And found a way to find the humor without punching down, keeping it as broad as possible, and making it funny. I would say this might be one of his most quote-unquote, air quotes here, controversial songs based on the fact that he's never played it live, but the attention to detail that this song has musically should not be understated. And again, this is him touching a sensitive subject in a way that hopefully across the board is seen for what it is commentary meant to be funny, meant to be satire. To me, I think he pulls it off. Yeah, absolutely. Coming out of that, we've only got two songs left and I have another favorite and I feel bad because we're going back to an album for a fourth time, but it is probably my favorite Weird Al album. So it's also one of my favorite Weird Al parodies. I know Darth Vader's really got you annoyed, but remember if you kill him, then you'll be unemployed. Yoda, the song parody of Lola by the Kinks. He always plays it second to last at his shows. It's just one of those songs that to me is timeless in its sense of humor growing up with star Wars. This was a song that made me laugh and spoke to my eight year old star Wars fandom in a sense of humor that truly resonated with me. And it's a song that to me is timeless because star Wars is still in pop culture now. And the song is still funny to kids that go see him live now. So you want to make a case for why weird Al should be in the rock and roll hall of fame. Here's a song that I see adults and kids singing along to it as shows now, and that's Yoda. Yes, and I will admit, too, The Saga Begins was one of the three songs I was juggling to use as a starter because, talk about the idea of things that last, the Star Wars canon and even the fandom canons, geez, the oxymoron there, it's lasted, and it's based on a classic song. So, yeah, Yoda... I mean, that is a great song. And I, you know, it's about things that people can still relate to between the generations. So, yes, absolutely. And now, Philip, you have the honor or disfortune, depending on how you want to look at it, of closing out our evening tonight. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, there, boy, there is one song I really wanted to include. 
but I I don't know if it works. I kind of also thought about going to the closing track from uh, the Carnival of the Animals from the Peter the Wolf. Thought about <laughs> doing that, especially because he kind of insults the people like, now go find something better to do. But <laughs> I, I don't think I'll do that. Um, hmm. Do I want to include Alapalooza or do I want to go with another song? You know what? For those about to rock, we salute you. Alapalooza, young, dumb, and ugly. Wow. Close it out. Closing it out with the, I mean, it's an ACDC style parody, obviously, but also, you know, ACDC obviously very beloved by the hall and by rock lovers, but it gives that element of finality, even if it is the second song on the album. I just see it kind of as a way to bring the house down and bring it to a close. And like I said, who doesn't love ACDC? So, yeah, let's close it out with Young, Dumb, and Ugly, and let's get every one of his uh, studio albums represented here. Fantastic. And I know there's probably going to be, I can already hear it right now, how did you leave off this? How did you leave off this? How did, thankfully, Weird Al has enough songs to easily do a volume two, three, and four, so I'm not even worried about that. But what a fantastic pick from Alapalooza, because to me... Alapalooza is one of his more underrated albums. Obviously, you had Bedrock Anthem, an achy breaky song, but there wasn't a litany of tracks from this one that continue to get played throughout the years, except for Harvey the Wonder Hamster that got brought out on his Strings Attached Tour, which I think was yes, absolutely brilliant. But I love the pick because to me, this is a deep cut and it's a style parody of one of my favorite bands on the planet. So bravo. Well, thank you. I, yeah, a lot of great songs. I, you're right. People are going to be like, how'd you leave off this one? I, I noticed that we didn't bring any of the food songs to this. And I'm actually kind of glad about that because people who don't like weird Al, who say, Oh, he's not worth enshrining. One of the things they always say when they talk about, Oh, he's just the guy who does the food songs. Like that's all they know about him. And they don't, open their ears and minds to anything else of the man's brilliance. So that's why I kind of wanted to stay away from food songs. That's why I didn't go with eat it. I wouldn't have been mad if you did. Don't get me wrong, but I definitely wanted to keep the conversation away from the food songs. Say, Hey, the guy is a lot more than this. Are there good food songs of his? Obviously, but I wanted to really address the man's whole gestalt if you will and since albuquerque was already taken young dumb and ugly and i will say too it it really does capture that rock and roll spirit of just being young dumb and ugly you know the, the misfits the people who don't fit in i will say i also thought about smells like nirvana because the idea we're so loud and incoherent boy this really ought to bug your parents like <laughs> how is that not the definition of rock and roll um, I also had a hard time leaving off everything you know is wrong. That song is just brilliant on so many levels. I don't, I don't even have time to get in, <laughs> but I'm happy with the pick. I, I think it makes the statement that we all feel good as being made, even if we weren't sure if we were going to be the ones to make it. Well, I will challenge only one thing you said there that okay. we didn't mention food songs without going into details. I think Albuquerque covers the food topics. Yes, it does. Quite it does. Well. I, quite it well. Does. It's good for you. That's all I'll say. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. And that mixtapers concludes side B of our ultimate Weird Al Yankovic mixtape, which consists of Midnight Star from N3D, Good Enough for Now from Polka Party, One More Minute from Dare to Be Stupid, I'm So Sick of You from Bad Hair Day, Generic Blues from UHF, I'll Be Mellow When I'm Dead from Weird Al Yankovic, White and Nerdy from Straight Outta Linwood, Trigger Happy from Off the Deep End, Yoda from Dare to be Stupid, and Young, Dumb, and Ugly from Alapalooza. Head over to MyWeeklyMixtape.com to hear all the songs we've discussed in this mix through the playlist embedded on the episode page. Now, Philip, I know you're a huge fan of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and you also have a blog that's dedicated to it. So why don't you let listeners know where they could read up on that if they want to read more about the ongoings at the Rock Hall, because I think it's truly a fantastic place for commentary on the Rock Hall. Well, thank you very much. I have to admit, I haven't been as active um, because my job keeps me very busy, but also 
because my laptop broke and it's easier to write on a laptop than on a phone. But if you're looking for it, it's called rockhallmonitors.blogger or blogspot, whichever you prefer.com. Rockhall monitors, all one word, no special characters, anything like that. I'm trying to get back on it. I've done a couple fanfic playlists from your previous podcast playlist wars. I hope you've enjoyed those posts as well. By all means. Yeah, I was I was hoping to weigh in on the current ceremony, but I haven't had a chance to watch it undistracted yet. So hopefully that's on the list of things to do in the near future. But it's a fun little venue for me to talk about how I feel about things about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And some members of the community have found it useful as well. And I feel very humbled by that. But yeah, if you want to check it out, that's where it is. Well, Philip, this is an absolute pleasure. First off, thank you so much for being a Patreon mixtaper and supporting the show the way you do. And most importantly, thank you for joining me on the show. Look forward to having you back very soon for either a volume two of this or a whole new topic altogether. You know where to find me, man. I am more than willing. Thank you for having me. Remember, mixtapers, you can find my weekly mixtape on almost all the social media haunts at My Weekly Mixtape. You can also head to myweeklymixtape.com to check out the full catalog of My Weekly Mixtape episodes. And if you like what you're hearing on the show, you can help me out by either telling a friend, leaving the show a five-star review wherever you're tuning in, or becoming a Patreon mixtaper at patreon.com forward slash My Weekly Mixtape. That's all for this week. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, enjoy the tunes. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.